Welcome to the podcast. My name is Father Bill W. I am an Episcopal priest living here in Austin, Texas, and um, the end of this month coming up on 49 years sober through the program of Alcoholics Anonymous. So the big 5-0 is looming just ahead um, one day at a time. Uh, the purpose of these podcasts is to explore the history of uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, the 12 steps, try to take us deeper into the spirituality, the psychology that is present in the, in the recovery process, and particularly in the, uh, I've always been interested in that transformation process, what, what happens in this psychic change business. So um, <clears throat> the next workshop, we're doing a workshop uh, on the 12 steps. It'll be on January the 15th uh, on a Zoom workshop invite you to check out our website, Two-Way Prayer, look under events, and uh, you'll find uh, the information, the Zoom codes there, or you can always write me at twowayprayer at gmail.com, and I'm happy to send you a flyer, encourage you to share that uh, with some of your recovery friends. Uh, special thanks to our donors who uh, help us keep the lights on, and uh, couldn't do this thing without uh, without without your help in that regard. So thank you, thank you for those who have contributed. We are continuing now with our series on uh, William James, uh, father of American psychology, uh, wrote the book Varieties of Religious Experience that Bill Wilson read uh, in detox there, and then studied diligently trying to understand. Uh, what had happened to him? What was this psychic change, this hot flash that he experienced there in Towns Hospital? My guest is Paul S. coming to us from Barcelona, Spain. And Paul is a member of uh, our 12-step fellowships and the author of a newly uh, released book titled We Agnostics, How William James Advanced a Spiritual Solution to Addiction. And I will have a link to that in the program notes and encourage everybody to get a copy. It's uh, I, I, I used it uh, in my quiet time for about three weeks, just slowly going through it uh, uh, as part of my, my reading program in the morning. And uh, it, uh, it really opened some doors for me. So uh, I, I think it's an important book and would encourage you to dig into it. So welcome back, Paul. It's great, uh, great to have you. We had fun. We had fun on uh, on the first episode, and uh, well, it was great. Yeah, yeah. Hope, hope we're going to do that again today. So, yep. <clears throat> enjoyed our conversation, and today we're gonna we're gonna kind of move into steps two and three uh, in the chapters in in your book uh, related related to the steps, and you set the scene for going into them. I'm just going to read. Uh, uh, your quote from James, uh, and you do a nice job of that at each of at the beginning of each uh, each chapter. You you kind of pull together some of the key thoughts that James is going to develop, and that are relevant to our steps. So here's what you say for two uh, two and three: um, the sick soul is beset by doubts, fears, self contempt, and despair. When a person is ripe for a spiritual experience, he is wrapped in a diseased sense of incompleteness or wrongness. Yet, there are forces ripening in his sick and panicked consciousness, which are letting loose 
subconscious allies behind the scenes. It is struggling away from the imperfect self while a better self directs the operation. Relax, fall back on the larger power, hands off and let it happen. I think step two and three are a lot simpler than we have made them out to be. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I think you and James would probably agree with that. Uh, mm, yeah. So, yeah. So this is the jumping off point, uh, the jumping off process, you call it. And I thought that was an important point. So as a step one, we saw the problem. We saw that it's physical and it's mental. And, uh, but now we learn that the spirit, the solution to this problem, this physical problem, this mental problem is in-depth spirituality. And that's where I think we're opening the door to. So kind of, kind of hit us on that, 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 just unpack that little thing there uh, that something's happening beneath the scenes in this process. You're going down, but something's at work inside. That's right. That's right. And so <clears throat> you, you and I were talking before that, that this uh, conference, whatever you call it, a, a seminar in uh, University of Edinburgh, yeah. had some of the leading theologians in the world who were coming undoubtedly to hear a guy who was not known to be a, a religious fellow. He was known to be, you know, somewhat of a, of a, of a rebel. Yeah. And, but I think they were really coming to understand, you know, what is this thing called the subconscious that William James developed, by the way, a long time before Sigmund Freud, FYI. And so, you know, William James is saying there's something else going on that is um, like, there's some great phraseology he, that the, the subconscious is lobbying these, you know, sort of grenades into the conscious and causing these explosions when we're ready to, for this, this ripening, right? Yes. And the ripening, of course, is happening during a period when we feel the most diseased, yeah. Right? I mean, the, the, the word dis-ease, my, my, my mentor would always say, it's not disease, it's dis-ease, right? It's two words, right? With a dash in between, this, this profound discomfort with my situation in this life. And, and William James, we'll get to this later on in, in, in one or two more sessions, but, you know, William James would have said, I, I don't know, but I think this subconscious part of our mind comes from the same part where we have that great appreciation from music. That's where our spiritual self lives. It's right brain, right brain. Yeah, right. And so, so, so whatever this process is, William James is trying to articulate it mm -hmm. to, and I think in a very human, pragmatic, personal, um, visceral way. And, and he's trying to get away from the intellectual. Um, that, you know, you and I were discussing this before. I think he, he, he's, he's being very anti-intellectual in trying to say, uh, uh, when he's trying to describe what is going on here. This is a very diseased, deeply unhappy, conflicted uh, person who is uh, alienated, who is full of self-pity, uh, you know, and, and fear and, and depression. Um, and, and we need to figure out, you know, what is that turning point? Yeah, this, this, he has something to teach us. <laughs> and I think, I think that's right. I think that, that um, if, he, if he had not had his own experience of coming from a life of, of many, many years of depression, 
right. profound self-doubt from one of the most gifted minds of the um, of, of the 1800s going into the 1900s mm -hmm. in, in, in the world. Um, I bet you he would not be be so articulate about what happened to him, what what, what happens to people yeah. and, and the people that he was treating, whether they are, as he calls them, lunatic, uh, drunkard, uh, criminal or otherwise. Yes, our friends. Some <laughs> <laughs> of my best friends, yeah. Exactly. Some of my yeah. best friends, that's right, yeah. that's right. In, including what's inside of me. You Amen. know, never lose sight yeah. of that, you know. Yeah, uh, that's right. That's yeah. right. So he starts he starts off talking about a divided self. Uh, and that's the way he approaches it. He, um, he talks about a healthy, healthy minded individual and then the sick soul. And he mm -hmm. sort of compares and contrasts the two. Uh, he starts off with the healthy one. Uh, and and he, it's an interesting description. Uh, he says, uh, who are those strange people who navigate life so smoothly? Yeah. Their right. joy seems to grow with life. They, they seem to be born with a bottle or two of champagne inscribed to their credit. Yeah, these bastards. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yes, we used to call them the earth people, you know, in early recovery. <laughs> It was like, yeah. who are these folks? You know, yeah. why yeah. don't they have the doom and gloom thing like we? Yeah, got? yeah. But they, they go from strength to strength. They they solve problems. They live life. They and 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 something that William James said when I read the book, I was like, my God, that never occurred to me. I thought everybody wanted to escape life. Why would you not want to escape life? Right. right. I thought everyone was like me in the sense that that life is just just miserable. <laughs> shit show and you want to get out of it and, and yet no most people don't most people are fine they don't want to escape because there's nothing to escape from yeah. and that that was critic that was a critical wake-up moment for me about my my condition as i was learning about myself myself as well and uh and yet and yet i hid it i hid it and i think you yeah. mentioned this as well it's like i'm not i'm not going to show you what's going on inside i'll show something very different um, but I'm very dubious, doubtful, in denial about the depth of your own happy, joyous, and free stuff, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> very doubtful, very doubtful. You must be right. lying. And of course, in, in your case, Bill, my case, we, we, we were pretty high, high bottom, you know, they call that phrase the high bottoms. And, you know, I, I had my oceanfront beach house and my Mercedes Benz, but I just was an empty, shallow shell of a man inside yeah. of me. Um, and but so it doesn't pain. matter about my condition, <laughs> my, my physical condition. But I wonder, I, certainly in my case, the pain came from the childhood. The pain, my pain came from growing up like yourself in an alcoholic family. Yeah, that's where right. Where I mm -hmm. withdrew to the safety of, of an inner world mm -hmm. where, yeah. where, where they were not going to hurt me. Mm -hmm. couldn't yeah. get to me but neither could anybody else get to me yeah yeah you know? so yeah we're going to well, get into and, this and prison this prison concept that's right that's right that, and that so, get lost so into. The, 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 these self-constructed prisons and and i love that phrase too because that was a real wake-up call for me that that 
I was not put in prison. I put myself in prison. That's right. And, and, and one of the main features of chapter two, which we focus on, which is step two. And, and mm-hmm. again, you and I were talking, you know, William James is not going in the order of the steps. Of course, he's right. not. What I have done is I, I've constructed bits of the 12, 12 and 12, the big book, and, and, and um, Asbel sees it, along with, you know, uh, what William James is talking about uh, and, and put them in some order. And so, so uh, very often, William James will say that there's one feature of the alcoholic personality who, like yourself and myself, responded to, uh, in my case, an alcoholic father and a codependent mother, mm-hmm. um, hypersensitivity. Right. A- and, and that hypersensitivity is like walking around with, with, with a severe sunburn and people just touch you to be gentle with you and you, 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 you recoil you know, instinctively saying, get away from me. And so that hypersensitivity is one of the critical features of that sick soul, which is everything around me hurts 10 times worse than anybody else. And so no wonder why we retreat. No wonder why when we had our first drink, we needed it. And no wonder why we created such wild interior lives. No wonder why. And my mentor in in, in the 12-step program, he would have told me, Alcoholics have great imaginations, you know, and he, and he had a very beautiful insight. We want more because we see more. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I think there's a lot to that um, hypersensitivity is we, we are we are we have an extra set of antennae that are picking up all these emotional uh, inputs. And yet the, 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 the cruel irony is nobody wants to have um, an emotion less than an alcoholic. <laughs> We hate right. having emotions. And so yeah. talk about a setup for conflicted self. Yeah. And that's me, what uh, it's all about. Let, let me read his quote yeah. uh, to pick up on what you're sharing uh, about these sick souls. Uh, they are depressed and melancholy. They seem to have been born close to the pain threshold of misery and darkness. They're sent over the edge by the slightest irritants. We must address ourselves to hearing what they have to say about the secrets of their prison houses. You know, Bill Wilson- Beautiful stuff. Yes, it is. And there's two more beautiful things that I did want to kind of work into this this episode. And they're both from Bill Wilson and neither one of them made it into the big book. And and Mm. I, I was really sad about that. The first, and this, this, is, this is the prison cell, he described his, his feeling life uh, in an interview where, where he said, it was like I was living in a cave. I was chained to the back wall. And I, this is his alcoholism. And I couldn't break free. And I saw my wife and my family and my friends and Dr. Silkworth standing at the end saying, come out, come out. And I couldn't break free. And then Ebby broke free from his cave, entered into mine, took my hand, and began leading me out. I think that's a gorgeous uh, feeling description of what happens mm. in real early addiction. You know? Yeah. 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 Um, uh, James says it's important to understand what life is like for the sick soul. And, and you've got a, a nice quote from the big book from, uh, 
I guess you said last episode, one of your favorite people, Marty Mann, uh, mm-hmm. she gives a really good description of it. Uh, this is Women Suffer Too from the big book. She said, I, I had been hypersensitive, shy, idealistic. The inability to accept the harsh realities of life had made me a cynic, clothed in a protective armor around against the world. That armor had turned into prison walls, locking me in a loneliness and fear. Here, I was an inwardly frightened, outwardly defiant woman who desperately needed a prop to keep going. Alcohol was that prop. Yeah. Another beautiful description. And a happy-minded person would listen to that and say, why do you need to drink? You know, again, <laughs> right? I mean, and, and, oh, yeah. and you know. Come right? into I mean, my cave, this. I'll show you. <laughs> yeah. And so, and so the, the alcoholic, you know, is always saying, well, if you knew of my problems, you'd drink too. And, and, and right. the happy-minded person will say, well, I know what your problems are. I can tell you your problems are. You've told me 187 times. I don't want to drink. And so they're at constant perpetual loggerheads. Um, right. yeah. the, the, uh, the, the, the other beautiful uh, sentiments. He uses a lot of sentiment about, you know, describing what, because his, his whole, uh, like, sort of the part two, if you, if you, if you divide the, the varieties into five sections, part two is all about, we need to, like, figure out, we need to, what is the complaint? We need to address the complaint of this right. patient who's coming in. That's right. and, and some of the other stuff he uses is, you know, that their life is full of dust and disappointment. Suffering is all over. Um, their lives are chaotic. Uh, life is a cruel jest. Right. I love right. that phrase. That I really uh, that was right. a zap moment for me. I really thought life was just a cruel joke. Um, right. And and so on top of the the general like you know more command emotions of alienation, self pity, and so forth. Um, these other uh, beautiful emotional um, imagery. Of of, of 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 cruel jest of of, of hyper of um, om, omnipresent suffering, right? right. Um, that that really resonated with me uh, because it was really went to the core of the, the emotions that I was feeling. And so, in that sense, I think that William James is constantly looking to portray the sense of emotion. What is happening to this person? What is the precise complaint? And what is the way out? <clears throat> and that is one of the things that I think uh, we miss so often, both in treatment centers, you know, really getting down to what's it like inside. Tell Amen, us. brother. Yeah, and at 12-step yeah. meetings, you know? We, 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 we fill it with superficial stories and things like that. And, and, and we avoid the pain. The real good speakers, <laughs> uh, they get down to the pain. They tell you what it's like inside the prison. And, and, and that we can relate to. You know, now how the hell do we get out of this? How do we get out of it? Tell me how you got out of it. You know? Yeah. Then no, you've got a, a great story. point. Then you've I think got it's a great story. point. I think it's a great right. point. Yeah, you know this uh, this uh, this research I'm doing. You know, just just kind of getting ready for these uh, podcasts. Uh, uh, I, I 
I reflected on um, when I was a kid, six, seven years old. Um, so this is back in the early 50s. Uh, come home from school and we would watch cartoons uh, on uh, my grandmother's TV. We didn't have one, but she did. You know, So we'd, 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 we'd watch these cartoons. And there was a cartoon. Uh, it was called The Sunshine Makers. I didn't remember the name, but I looked it up on YouTube. Thank God for YouTube. It's wonderful. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and what it was, was um, uh, it was made in 1935. And it was two, two sets of characters, little men, each, each they had beards, and one were happy, joyous, and free. And they were white, and they were just singing and happy. And they, they would uh, pull the energy from the sun somehow through a giant magnet and put it into milk bottles, you know, uh, singing as they go. And then they'd switch over to the, the other group. And they were depressed and <laughs> sad yeah. and dark. And they had DDT sprayers, you know, little sprayers in their hand. And they'd fill it up from a cesspool and they would spray it out. And they would sing and they would say this. I never forgot this, Paul. We're happy when we're sad. We're happy. Yeah when we're sad and then these two groups go to war with one another you know and yeah. and the milk bottle people lob their milk bottles on them and when it hits somebody they have a psychic change you know <laughs> well you know uh it's a marvelous i'm gonna put it in the in the show notes uh, uh it's 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 oh i don't know it was just such a flashback for me did what? you identify with the, oh my the god seven <laughs> years old and you knew yeah. how I was rooting for. I hated those milk people. Who the hell are they? Yeah. You know? Get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, a uh, little flashback there. Uh, it's my LSD days kicked in there for uh, a moment. And anyway, step two, step two uh, talks about being restored to sanity. And so the, there's a voice inside us. Uh, and, and I think there's, there's two voices inside us. I think this is, this is perhaps what mm -hmm. we're getting to, you know, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. and certainly with the alcoholism, one is a very, is an insane voice, mm -hmm. you know, yep. have another drink. Yeah. 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 Come back. Uh, when you were talking about the pain, the visible, you don't know what it's like to be me. You know, that's when alcohol speaks to you. That's when the food speaks to you. The sex speaks to you. I can't take this anymore. You know, give me something for God's sakes, you know, yep. Yep. Uh, boom. And hence, hence the, the relapses that, that we see all the time uh, because people haven't done the work. They haven't gone down. They haven't uh, grappled with those voices. I think inside, you know, well, and I, I think, uh, I don't know what happened when I read that book, but I just felt like the varieties helped me to understand the 12 steps as a grieving process that, you know, grieving yes. is recognizing what was lost. What did I lose? This happened to me. And because this happened to me, I lost this. Yeah. I lost innocence. I lost my job. I lost my dignity. I lost my health, whatever. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But you pointed to this a little bit when, when you're talking earlier. I think also there's a gift underlying uh, this negative voice. You know, you talked about being uh, the, the antenna 
that you you can you can perceive things more readily, more easily, more you 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 know. Jung Jung makes a big point of this that that uh, within the shadow there's a gift underneath there if you can get to it. Yeah. Absolutely. We, we, yeah. we want more because we see more. I think there's a great profundity to that, that my mentor kept on saying. And, and uh, you know, and, and, and what is that desire in, you know, and, and uh, you know, I don't want to push it too far, but, you know, my mother's Irish and part of yeah. my dad's side is American Indian. The Irish and the American Indian have a deep spiritual culture right. for, for centuries, many, yeah. many centuries. And, you know, do we want to go and say that that spiritual people tend to be alcoholics? Of course not. Do we want to say that that spiritual people have a longing for something else? Possibly. Um, do they have a sense of because because of that, do they have a brokenness? I don't know. But but and we should, maybe we don't want to go down that road too too far. But but I think there is something about uh, alcoholic instincts that are. Yeah of a sick soul that are different from a happy-minded person. I think he, Bill, uh, William James does not go too far into that, except to say, gosh, guess what? You know what else? And this is part of the chapter two that you and I are looking at. A lot of saints have these same characteristics. Um, and you know, you were part of that. Um, um, Ignatius of Loyola, he was a right. wretched, awful person. St. Augustine was a wretched, awful person. Uh, the man who wrote one of the most beautiful songs of Christianity, Amazing Grace, was the captain of a slave ship. Right. Right. And one of the things that, that really helped me so much in, in, in chapter two, what, when I pulled it together was, and William James is very much the, um, the he's very much the uh, purveyor of, this is all inclusive. A spiritual experience is open to anybody, no matter what you have done or no matter how low you have gone. As a matter of fact, if you've gone really low, you're ahead of the game. <laughs> I was, I, I was going to say, the lower, the better here. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You know, because this captain of the slave ship, he was a very bad guy, but, but oh, he yeah. had a, a experience and he wrote Amazing Grace. And Ignatius of Loyola was a really bad guy. And, yeah. and, and Augustine was a really bad guy, you know. Yeah. Uh, and and so so uh, yeah, the, the, these the 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 lower you go, the, the the higher the bounce, you know, and and that that's a big portion. Of, I'm sure that made people feel uncomfortable, but but come on, you, you and I know the lives of the saints beyond the the, the the surfacey nonsense. A lot of them were deeply troubled people. Oh, absolutely, and 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 James does a nice job of kind of showing the outer image, and then the the illness that really un, underlies some of that stuff yeah. you know I and mean, that uh, many of the saints did come from this world of the broken um you know the sick soul who sees life as a cruel jest that suffering is all over that that life is dust and disappointment so why bother uh take what you can get screw people over kill yeah yeah. Uh, Ignatius of Loyola was he was a killer um, soldier, right? Um, he was hit by a cannonball during a right. battle, right? Yeah. And Saint Augustine was a harlot, basically, you know, um, and, and 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 on and on, on and on. Uh, Saint Paul, right? He was a vicious tax collector. 
and, and, and so forth. And so, so uh, the, the desire to seek out uh, that, you know, by way of the spirits, you know, that, right. that, that, that thing that is missing, whatever that thing that is missing, that seems to be a unique feature of the alcoholic. Now, if we, if we go a little bit further, and we say, okay, now, okay, so let's, we've talked about the bad stuff. Let's talk about the good stuff. Let's talk about the milk people, right? And what <laughs> happens when they throw the milk bottle, right. you know, there, there is an awakening, right? Um, something happens, uh, some sort of subconscious message is thrown into the conscious um, self. Um, and, and, and there is some kind of rearrangement. It's That's a right. very messy process. That's right. Um, and it is passive. Right. Um, you get hit. You it, get hit. It's sudden. You, you're yeah. hit. Yeah, that's right. right. Um, and and I, I just love his another other analogy where he says, and that was so much my experience, too. You can only see it from far away. You can't see it up close. If you try to get too close, you'll miss it. And no. so you have to kind of go on. He calls it the, the, the seeing it from the promontory. So, so seeing it from the, the hilltop. Right. Is, is how you can see it. Um, yeah. Um, th there is some new source of power, right? And, and you, and Bill Wilson calls it a new source of propulsion when he's talking about it. Um, That's right. That's and, right. And, and somehow th there's a brighter interior life. And, and I think one of the most beautiful parts of the book of the varieties is the, the key insight. We are all made of the same clay. We are the same, you and me, right? There, there is a, a, a collapse to sameness. And I, I really love that, uh, that, that, that sense of we come, we all come from, from dust. We all come from the same clay. Uh, right. And he calls it well, the, the criminal, the lunatic, the adulterer, and the saint all come from the same clay. I, I just right. love that, that, that imagery. And and it's not it's not when uh, when I crash, it's not something new taking over me. It's something that was always there. Yeah, but but mm. hidden. And this here's the quote I wanted to kind of jump into: uh, the same uh, people who are destroying their lives in a war with the self. This this is not James. This is you. The same people who are destroying their lives in a war with the self also have an inner voice, a better self or higher power in the midst of the insanity that never gets intoxicated and that is seeking a solution. It seeks an end to the war against the divided self. There is a tapping on the door of the conscience from this subconscious self which escapes the drugs and the alcohol and sees clearly. Yeah. You know, my bottom came, uh, I was at Case Western Reserve University. I'm supposed to be helping the Catholic chaplain there, okay? And instead, I'm bringing gallons of wine back to my room, getting very drunk. My times in the Jesuits is about to just fall apart and I'm going to run again. And I'm either, uh, you know, I'm either going to run to Australia and stay drunk or go to India and get holy. And a voice came to me and it said, Bill, you're 27. If those are your choices, there's something wrong with you. Now, was that God or was that, as, as you're saying here, 
the God within me, the deepest part of me, the self that Jung uh, writes with a capital S, it, 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 that seeking expression in my life that's always been there. And until that moment, I did not recognize it. And so it felt external, but it's really not. It's really very internal, mm -hmm. you know, if, yeah. you'll go, if you go deep enough. And, and comes during that point of maximum despair and That's it. chaos. Only, yep, yep, yep. It, it, so, uh, Richard, Richard Rohr says there, there's two, uh, two things powerful enough to change a person. Uh, one is pain and the other is prayer. Most people choose pain. <laughs> I know, right? It's I, a great right. line. I, I, I always, one of my things I say a lot in, in meetings is, you know, that that um, alcoholics are the only people who would rather um, drink themselves to death than have an emotion, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Amazing, uh, right? But this, uh, you know, and uh, is a long quote. I'm, I'm probably not going to read it. Uh, but what what it is saying from James is, Look, uh, this change, this, this, this uh, thing that's going to be powerful enough to change a person, it can't be superficial. It can't just be, uh, he says, um, you know, God is well and so are you. You must awaken to the knowledge of your real being. To the sick soul, these words ring hollow. The sick soul needs something more profound than words. These children of wrath are cravers of a second birth. Deliverance comes through reconciling our better selves and our lower selves, you know? Great stuff, yeah. It's great stuff. It's, it's uh, half measures availed us nothing, you know? It, you know, if someone's offering me half measures, I know how sick I am. Half measures are not gonna work, you know? So give me the real thing or give me nothing, you know? And um, yeah. some people have the real thing. And when you hear that real thing, boom, the lights go on, the antenna, as you say, you know, start to tingle. <laughs> uh, I'm yeah. hearing something yeah. here. I'm hearing yeah, something. And, and as, as we go into step three next week, you know, what, what's, no, no. what's- We're going to, into it today. Well, yeah, sir. Yeah, okay, right. As, as we're, kind of, we're kind of segueing into this. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, one of the things that, that that's so striking is is you know wh where does this come from? What 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 is what is the the active emotion of the person who is about to have this awakening? Right. And 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 I love that again the imagery of William James is uh, the, the 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 most effective way that this awakening can come about is from the prayer of a beggar. That's right. Uh, a, a, a destitute beggar is is kind of where we need to be, and you know, in, in a world where we are taught to be, especially in America, self reliant and strong and courageous, and don't show your emotions, and right. you know, the John Wayne crap. Um, that that becomes problematic, you know. And of course, I'm from Orange County, where, where you know John Wayne uh, Airport. You know, oh, yeah. and so, so, and my, both my parents were in the army. So boy, oh boy, I was just like, <laughs> not ready for this. But, but the prayer of a beggar is something that it, it bristles against all of our instincts, uh, especially as men. Right. But that's the, that's the, the, the imagery that seems to be most appropriate here. And that imagery is important because uh, 
in step two, I think one of the grave errors uh, is my opinion anyway, is, is, and my experience actually, is, is that I thought I had to come up with an image of God. I, it had to be, you know, in step three, we talk about God as you understand him. And it's like, okay, I have to find this image. And I don't think James is saying that at all. As a matter of fact, that can be problematic. It's just a surrender into whatever. Uh, is it, does that resonate with you or not? That, that I can get I, I lost? I think that's, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I, I remember I was in a halfway house and, uh, and I was really struggling to find God, you know. Um, <laughs> I didn't know he was inside. <laughs> I thought he was outside. And, uh, and there's a guy, then he said, well, I call my higher power George. I swear to God, I, that night, George, <laughs> I went for my friend, George, if you're there. <laughs> I mean, I was that yeah. desperate. Uh, yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. not it's not necessary it's not necessary necessary to have an image uh, if there's a thing i change in the big book it's not god as you understand him it's god as you don't understand god i mean that's so much closer to the truth because yeah, if you I think, think that's you're right you're deluded I, I think, yeah. you're deluded yeah yeah you know? i think that's right i think i i i think you know what for, again um I like his um, imagery of this spiritual experience, which is sort of the opposite of, of I guess, the Kierkegaard was the, the, the leap of faith. Uh, the, William James is like, you fall back into something. A drop you of faith. See. Yeah, that's, yeah, you drop yeah, into it's, it. It's, 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 it's a falling back into a, right. an unknown um, set of right. arms that seems to be there and always has been there. It's just a matter of, of, of awakening, right? I mean, I, I, think, I think essentially for... For William James, it, it's an awakening to a self, a better self that was already there. That's correct. That's correct. And it's and he, but he does talk about a letting go. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And 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 I think you're correct, more, more correct, a falling back into a jumping off point. He calls it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's a nice quote I have here from Shoemaker because I think this is what step three is about. Uh, step three is not being perfect. It's not perfectly surrendering your life and your will to God. Uh, I wasted a lot of time thinking it was that. Uh, but it's in the presence of another person. At least this is the way they did it in the Oxford group. Getting down on your knees originally, you know, and, and blurting out to the universe, whoever the hell you are, you know, please help me. Uh, yeah, that's that's the jumping off point. Sam Shoemaker said something nice. He said, faith is not sight. It is a high gamble. There are only two alternatives. God is or he isn't. You leap one way or the other. And this is the part I like. It is a risk to bet everything you have on God. So is it a risk not to. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, yeah. and um, I, I probably won't find it here uh, off the bat, but basically, um, um, oh, so yeah, so, so, um, and, and this is, this is uh, William James. Uh, he says, hey, you know what? Why not take, take, take a risk here? We, we, right. we take risks all the time. And this is kind of his quote, we love roller coasters. We love lottery tickets. We love romance. We love new jobs, big game hunting, uh, deep sea fishing intrigue us, right? 
Um, and again, he, he himself says, we, we, we thrill at the stories of the westward expansion. You know, we take chances all the time. That's it. What, what's wrong with taking this chance? Right. Yeah. And, and then thought, being a pragmatist, right, I, I he says, this. well, let's let's examine people who have made this bet this way versus yep. people who made the bet the other way. Exactly. And yeah. he says, by the way, uh, if we look at 5000 years of, of human literature, right, literature that we know has been written down by human beings, most of that discussion is about spiritual experiences. Right. So if it's, if it's been going on for 5,000 years, maybe we should take a look at this. <laughs> That's right. That's you know? right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and, and, yeah. and so this is that weird thing, Bill, we were talking about last week. I've been thinking about this a lot since you and I talked, is that the, the, the William James does use that, that, that phrase, the rare eminence of grace. Why do so, so few people leave the cave? Right, ninety-five percent of alcoholics die of alcoholism without even knowing it, right. without without it being pointed out that they're dying of alcoholism. It's 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 a tragic disease, and you know I I, I struggle with that question: um, is grace eminent or is it, or is it not? Why did whatever? Why did the universe? make human beings make the roadmap so buried deep inside of our minds? It's so hard to get a hold of. <laughs> You know, why is this damn map so hard to find, right? Yeah. You know, it took me 39 years to find it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm still, I'm still scratching. <laughs> right. But, but, you know, but that's part of the journey that that's why, uh, I mean, I'm coming up on 50 years sober, but I tell you this, it ain't boring. It's still exciting, you know? Oh, no, I really admire that. I can't believe 50 years. That's incredible. I'm only coming up on 18 now that I feel like a child next to you, my God. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it, it blows my mind every once in a while. But then inside, I feel like, again, I'm only scratching the surface of this thing. And, and, and to me, that's, that's, you know, I mean, the big book says, uh, you know, go see where, where uh, religious people are right. Uh, go, go explore some of this stuff. You know, don't, don't just stay in spiritual kindergarten. And, and that's what Wilson mm -hmm. called AA. It's spiritual kindergarten. It's yeah. necessary. But if after 30, 40 years, you're still in kindergarten, something's wrong, you know? So uh, mm, and that, and, I think that's right. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. Spirituality is, uh, you know, it just kind of open, opens the door. Um, that's I, a great I, point. Uh, yeah. Uh, my, my thing on step three that, uh, uh, that the history taught me was that it was a, it was a one-time deal done in the presence of another person, you know? And uh, when I was 20 years sober and, and kind of stuck in my program, I met an AA archivist who uh, asked me, had I ever done step three with another person? And, um, and I said, no, I do it every day. He said, no, the Oxford group, they did it with uh, another person. And it was that leap. It was, it was, um, so he said, would you be willing to do it with me? And uh, it's in Oklahoma City. And I, and I, he says, get on my knees and puts his arm on my shoulder. He says, now give your life to God, you know? Well, I was raised Catholic. This is very, you know, uh, our religion is very <laughs> private. You know, we don't share this kind of stuff. Yeah, right. I'm no evangelical, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. you know? Uh, but I, I, I did it. And, and, and just like the big book says, 
I felt something. There was there was a a, a twist, a hit, uh, a something. Wilson Wilson talked about this. You know, this is the yeah. other story that I did want to get in, where where he went to Calvary Mission five or six days before he got sober in uh, in Towns Hospital, and this is I think where his 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 spiritual experience really began, that they had an altar call. And uh, he's drunk at the time. <laughs> and he's there with mm. Ebby. And, uh, and, and Ebby tries to hold him back. Don't go up, Bill. You know, uh, Bill escapes, goes up there and gives his life to God. And, and this, is, this, is, this is what Wilson wrote about that. And damn, I, I wish this had gotten in the big book. So he's up there giving his life to God. And he says this, Soon I knelt among the sweating, stinking penitents. Maybe then and there, for the very first time, I was penitent too. Something touched me. I guess it was more than that. I was hit. Boom. Yeah. There it is. There, it's the collapse of the ego. It, it, it's all the crap that I put together, the persona, the falseness, uh, the image that just comes crashing down and I'm a puddle and God, if there is a God, whoever you are, I have no idea, you know, but I kind of know who I am now <laughs> and I know I need help, you know, mm -hmm. that's yeah. the point. That's the third step, you know, and, um, the fact that they did it as a, as a one-time deal, it just, it, it really made a huge difference to me. Uh, but it's like, it's like making a promise. It's like getting married or, or being ordained or, or, or whatever. Uh, you know, you, um, you then Taking live it out. It out. Yeah. You live it out. Yeah. Yeah. But you do yeah. it once. You don't do it every day. Yeah. You do it once. Yeah. And it, has, it, it can have a powerful impact yeah. on an individual. Yeah. So this... Um, Here's James. Uh, uh, let go your hold. Resign the care of your destiny to a higher power. Be genuinely indifferent to what becomes of it all, and you will find that you gain a perfect relief. This is the salvation through self-despair. It is the dying to be truly born. It is a passage into nothing. And then he continues, we fling ourselves upon that better self as if there were no tomorrow that's it yeah. that's it big book hey we asked his protection and care with complete abandon you know boom yeah you know? that's great stuff yeah great stuff it great is stuff. great stuff it is great stuff and um you know when i do a third uh yeah third step with someone that they say well should i should say the third step prayer and I say, I, I, I'd rather you didn't. <laughs> you know? Don't give me the formula, you know, scream out to the universe. <laughs> I know. Let I love me it. hear I love you it. scream. Yeah. You know, ah, that's yeah, your no, third I, I step. Agree. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's it's funny. your third step. I agree with you. And I think also <laughs> that the, the, the about thing can, you know, it really turned me off. And, and I would much rather, you know, see it be from a, a point of view of personal and visceral and, right. you know, from, from, from the heart. That's it. Yeah. That's it. It's the only, that, um, that's what alcoholics and addicts need. Yeah. We need to be touched in the heart. And yeah. that's and that's where God <laughs> resides, you know. He's, yeah, he's in us, yeah. you know. 
And I, I like that, that, that sense of also, I mean, there's a lot of imagery throughout the book uh, that you really put your finger on right there. And that is the, you know, give no concern for tomorrow, you know, right. let it, you know, throw the dice and, and do it now and do it with resolve and be absolute in what you're up to. Because that's where the, the uh, he talks about the um, people who have a permanent sense of, and he does talk about drunkards in particular, a permanent right. sense of, of, of sobriety. He doesn't use the word. But, but he says people, you know, who are, who, who, he uses the analogy of sleeping tablets, sleeping pills, people who are, are taking mm -hmm. benzodiazepines or, or barbiturates. You know, they, they keep the bottle there just in case. Right. right. Uh, but but if you if you do something more than a, than a punching bag, you know, that, that's going to just come up again. If, if you do it in completeness, right. something does happen. Right. The, the old uh, breaks off and falls away. The new forms a new center of heat and um, it becomes a new center. And I think that's really important. The the more complete and the more the, the greater the abandon the higher the probability that this thing that this thing will stick that's right that's right because you're betting everything on it you know or but you're that's also terrifying it, it is also terrifying. terrifying it is terrifying you know i looked around in early aa and i said is this what my life is going to be smoking cigarettes and drinking coffee with a bunch of old men <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Come on. On a, on, a, on a Friday night. Yeah. <laughs> on a Friday night. That's right. I know. I know. Right? I did it. I did it. Yep. You know? And, and so, so for me, two and three, the, the book helped me to understand something really critical. And that two and three taught me that if we're all, if we're all made of the same clay, we all have the same higher power. So when people ask me what my higher power is, I always tell them it's probably very likely the same as yours. Of course. And, and so that is perplexing, but I feel very comfortable with that, that we are connected to each other in some very powerful ways that are far more powerful than me by myself. Yeah, right. Okay, we could go on forever. Uh, but Okay, uh, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I did want to kind of transition, though, a little bit uh, for our listeners into uh, into uh, uh, where we're going next, um, because you know this this surrender is not the end of the deal. This uh, it, it's it's now I have to go into four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Now I really have to dig uh, into myself and uh, and face myself and, and face an another person. So that's a nice transition into uh, the next episode on steps four and five. And, and you have a lovely phrase in your book that I had not heard before and I really like. And you say, you can't save your ass and your face at the same time, you know? So yeah. if we're going to save our ass by this surrender at depth, then the face that we had put out there to the world has got to start coming down. And I think that's what happens uh, in the in the rest of the steps as as we go further into this thing. So so anyway, it was fun again. Thank you, thank you. Oh yeah, fascinating as always. Love it, love it, love it. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. Uh, and I thank you guys for listening. I, I hope uh, hope you picked up a few things here that that were helpful to you uh, in your in your program, and appreciate your listening. And uh, if you enjoyed it. Uh, share it with a friend and, and keep coming back. 
So God bless. Take care.